0: Holidays are coming and there is no better gift for a bookworm than our reading journal. Agreed. Because not only are there pages for reviewing the books you've read, which listeners will know is particularly essential for me who struggles to remember characters' names or plot points, but
1: there are also so many activities included. Yeah, let's say you're someone who wants to increase how much they read. Well, you can set that goal on the reading goals page at the start and then use the reading tracker pages to hold yourself accountable each day. And if you're
0: someone who wants to discover new authors or genres or just generally new books to read that you wouldn't normally reach for, then I know the Book Bingo page, Alphabet Challenge and the
1: Genre Tracker will help. We know so many of you are guilty of buying more and more books without reading what's already on your shelves, so we designed a double page spread which should encourage you to reach for those books. I think that's actually my favourite page because I like colouring in all the spines of the books on the shelves on that page for a bit of mindfulness.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: And let's not forget the flowchart, which helps you pick your favourite read of the year. And I cannot wait to see what mine is for this year. So obviously you should all buy one for yourself, but if you'd like to buy one for someone else and have it sent straight to them, you can order our reading journal gift box, where the journal will be beautifully packaged alongside a mystery hardback book and some little treats to enjoy whilst reading. And it's all available at www.bookrecos.com forward slash shop.
0: Welcome to Book Greco's Between the Pages. I'm Jess and I'm Lauren, and we're the pals behind Book reckos. This is the podcast where we chat all things
1: books and just about everything in between. Happy December! Christmas is fast approaching on the Polar Express, and we are here to get you in the mood. Today's
0: episode is full of cosy and festive Book Greco's, guaranteed to get you in the Christmas spirit.
1: Are you in the festive fields
0: yet? No, I'm, I'm on the journey.
1: Okay, you're uh, on the Polar Express.
0: Yeah, the destination, the arrival at my destination is
1: timing unknown. Okay. Oh, yeah. it's delayed. Yes. Yeah, stuck in a tunnel.
0: Mm. Cool this time of year, loads of train strikes.
1: Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I am festive, decorate the house on the weekend, oh, sure. which took five hours. <laughs> So watched Grinch whilst doing the tree because you can, we can both just speak the whole of the Grinch, so don't even need to be looking at it. Mm. So that's a good one. Um, and then yeah, went to our neighbor's house to see their Christmas decoration, did a Christmas lights tour of each other's houses, <laughs> and um, and now like booking in lots of like Christmassy nice and things that are coming up. So I am like ready. Good, to good, yeah. Yeah, I'll sprinkle some of it when I see you on Thursday evening. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, actually, that's the
0: start of my Christmas activities yeah. from Thursday,
1: so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Maybe we should make something festive. Guys, we're doing pottery and wine. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, I thought it might be fun to start with just some quick fire quick festive cues. Yeah. So I'm going to come at you with mince pies or mulled wine mulled wine do you like mince pies yeah I do yeah you don't do you no I do as of three years ago my whole life I was like obviously this isn't gonna be a thing I enjoy (laughs) and then I ate one of the ones one of the small ones where the ratio is like two-thirds pastry one-third innards and mini mince pies are really where it's at yeah Yeah, oh I'm gonna put it on stories I saw some guy on Instagram who I now follow off the back of his reel, but he bought, I think it's 21 mince pies. He bought all the supermarkets. I saw this. All the supermarket standard ones. And then they're like Tesco's finest or Sainsbury's Taste the Difference and they're bougie ones. And then he ranked them all and the the results are shocking.
0: Shocking.
1: Yeah. I'll put it on stories. I I knew that was the winner. Did you? Yeah. From when, from his reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Not from like before. (laughs) <laughs> no,
0: no, no! But also, they are premium, but they're not premium. Mm-hmm. Or they... spoil Spoiler! Who knows? <laughs> it's
1: a, it's a riveting reel. Of, it really um, is. I will remember really to put to like on track. stories. <laughs> the ones where he like just spits out.
0: <laughs> what the fuck
1: is that? Um, real tree or fake tree? I think we spoke about this last year because I'm a faker. You're a faker too, you make. Yeah, you got your family have real right. They sort. They honestly mix it up every year. Okay. That's what they'll do this yeah Okay, keep me posted. I oh, know. It's, yeah. It's
0: so
1: I just good. don't like the look of real trees. They're all like, they're not they're even. The get rid of. Yeah, I just I like a pristine, neat tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Home Alone, one or two. One. Mm, that was a quick answer.
0: Yeah it's like it's my go-to I don't really like watching films like not in order so if I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch number one
1: interesting yeah what about you I swap each yeah like one year is one 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 year because it's the exact same storyline just different location and they're both great (laughs) um what other questions have I got for you
0: Christmas pudding (laughs) yeah it's grim yeah I did. I, I didn't even. I didn't even finish it because everyone <laughs> goes for anything other than Christmas pudding. My mum buys one every year, and every year, no one eats it. Yeah. Why? Why?
1: Get a chocolate yule log. Chocolate yule log. That's very. Everyone's gonna love that. Yeah. It's yeah. sound treat. Have you seen that the shops are already selling Easter stuff? Stop it. No. I love it because I really come alive at Easter with the cream eggs and the mini <laughs> eggs. Indeed. Um, but yeah, pr- like at least wait till January and then it it makes everyone happy in January but yeah what what the fuck yeah all right are we in the festive mood anymore now (laughs) no have I have I got you yeah I think this chat's going to help you anyway um because we got so many first we have four festive (laughs) breakers but the point I was going to make is that they're all new so these are new ones that are released this year um so there's not going to be repeat books or anything, uh, and I guess look, let's just cut to the chase. The fans are waiting, Lauren. They want to hear what you've got to make of Isla Gordon's book this year, and I think this is her fourth one you've read, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, shall I drop the snob, please? Okay. When she was 19, on a magical trip to New York City, Ashlyn created a list of her five life goals. There, she felt inspired to dream big, but now, 10 years later, with four out of five girls having crumbled before her, she realises she has only one option left to live the life she's always dreamed of, move to New York City before it's too late. Armed with a 90-day visa, she's sure that a winter in the city that never sleeps will help her finally get her life on track. However, after arriving in the Big Apple with nowhere to live, Ashling realises that she may be in over her head until she meets River. River is miserable. He's newly single, recently demoted, and feeling entirely lost. But sensing Ashling could do with the help, he offers her his sofa bed. Despite their clashing personalities, over the course of the winter, outgoing Ashling finds herself growing closer to quiet, geeky River. But is he just shy, or is there another reason he's holding back? i wonder what
1: could possibly happen you're on mute mate sorry <laughs> i did a gross cough and i thought <laughs> it's lingering guys but it's mostly gone um the last line of that was like is there another reason he's holding back i said i'm i'm assuming there's a reason he's holding back <laughs> why did they do that in i know i mean these
0: blurbs like you know what's happening i could re- i could write i'd love to give someone the or the the blurb of a book like this and be like, go write the book mm. without reading it because you know what's happening. Start,
1: finish, finish. I think with every Christmas book, you know it's going to happen and that's why we love them.
0: That's why we love them. That's why they're crowd pleasers. And do you know what? It was a crowd pleaser. I will admit though, of all the books I've read of hers, this was my least favourite.
1: After Walking in a Winter Wonderland or whatever it was called. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. It was just like I I struggled to get into it a little bit. But then when I was about 50 pages in, I was like, Lauren, you just need to embrace this. Like mm-hmm. it was also my first Christmas book. Actually, it was my second, but the first one we'll talk about later. So it was slightly different. Um, so you know, it just needed to ease myself into the Christmas spirit a little bit more. Um, but by the end of it. I was so invested and I loved her character and I really loved all the characters in the book, which is what I read Isla Gordon's books for. I don't give a shit about the plot. I care about the festiveness, Mm -hmm. like season in the snow, being on a ski chalet in the mountains amid snow with everyone drinking mulled wine, 10 out of 10. And this being in New York, over Christmas period, she goes to like Times Square for the ball drop, she's there for Thanksgiving and also don't you love it when you read a book where the timing of you reading it ladders up to the timing of what's happening in the book, like if the date's the same.
1: Oh yeah, did that happen?
0: Yeah, so I read the New York, uh, sorry, the Thanksgiving chapter on Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, I loved it.
0: I felt, and also there was like so much Thanksgiving content on my Instagram that I was like, So immersed in the book, love that. That was very well done. Yeah. Uh,
1: And I guess we have got to do a quick shout out to Kat who is our friend. I she was going to New York, so I sent her with my copy. So I didn't actually read it because I was like, "You should like read this on the plane; it'll get you in the mood." And I was like, "Look, look, whilst you're there, if you want to take any pictures of it, feel free." And she she sent me thirty two, saying, "Hopefully, I've like nailed the brief." I can't remember what she said, but I was like. I'm obsessed with this excellent work. You've gone above and
0: beyond. (laughs) It's so good. And I really appreciated everybody's
1: comments on the post that said, that's a good friend. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Um, Okay. So we still love Isla Gordon. This one. I mean, nothing's ever going to beat season in the Snow View. Not at all. (laughs) I feel like something from the Women's Prize isn't going to beat season in the Snow View. No,
0: the timing was everything. Reading it in the starts of a lockdown did crazy things yeah and yeah then It was like your escapism and pure wishful thinking being stuck in a winter christmas lockdown like yeah you know it's gonna do things yeah and things this so is true i okay. would really recommend if you're looking for a very generic christmas book but that is solely for the purpose of getting you into the christmas spirit
1: Look no further, and I guess also if you're someone that's going to New York at Christmas time, yeah, yeah, get this for the plane, yeah, yeah, okay, Okay. thanks for kicking it off. Um, I maybe on the topic of books by authors that we have read other books of, catchy title, we should talk about the Christmas appeal, yeah, and this was the book I was referencing just
0: the first one
1: i'd read yeah which it is a christmas book but it's not going to give you cozy christmas vibes that's a shock (laughs) because it's a murder Mm -hmm. um okay so i guess i should actually mention who it's by which is janice hallett um who well her first book the appeal we spoke about in length just the two of us in an episode called recent crime reads and basically it is all emails between this amateur dramatics group and you then get given the emails as like a caseload and you have to read through them and try and figure it out and there's occasional touch points from Femi and Charlotte who are like the trainee lawyers trying to figure it out Um, and so like they kind of like keep you true and like tell you to like look out for certain things it's very fun it's absolutely brilliant and then we had the pleasure of being joined by Janice Hallett on the podcast if you haven't listened to that episode my god do you need to Mind-blowing. Yeah. Entering. Yeah, and we talked about all three of her books so far in that one. Um, So, The Christmas Appeal, I will read you the synop. One dead Santa, a town full of suspects, will you discover the truth? Christmas in Lower Lockwood and the Fairway Players are busy rehearsing their festive pantomime, Jack and the Beanstalk, to raise money for the church roof appeal. But despite the season, goodwill is distinctly lacking amongst the amateur dramatics enthusiasts. Sarah Jane is fending off threats to her new position as chair. The fibreglass beanstalk might be full of asbestos. And as someone is intent on ruining the panto before the curtain even goes up. Of course, there's also the matter of the dead body. Who could possibly have had the victim on their naughty list? Join lawyers Femi and Charlotte as they read the round robins, examine the emails and pore over the police transcripts. Will the show go on? Absolutely love being back in the Fairway players.
0: you <laughs> do. And I'm really glad that they kept with Femi and is it Robin? Charlotte. Charlotte. What where did I just get Robin? Because I
1: just said round Robin. Round
0: Robin. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really am glad that it was the two of them who were back to yeah. solve the grief again. Um, appreciated all of their little texts and conversations about their thoughts and theories yeah. throughout well loved it
1: yeah and um someone actually commented on our post about it saying do i have to have read the appeal and it is a standalone book but you do need to read the appeal to understand who the characters are because in the appeal you really work out sarah jane and her husband's relationship you really work out, i can't remember what they're called but the two really fucking annoying ones that think they run the show and that like, you it gives you way more context into who the people are and this one you you are expected to have read the appeal I think because I think you said to me Lauren oh I'm like trying to remember who everyone was and I said just keep reading and eventually it will come to you and it did yeah okay good
0: no because some of it was like referenced yeah from the first book like little plot lines that you know came up and there was no backstory given it was Mm. That you need to just remember what happened and like is it Izzy yeah but she's obviously not in this one but then there was a bit at the end of the book where she was mm. like she'd written an email or something and um there was no like context giving on that so if you hadn't read the first book you wouldn't really understand that email yeah
1: and you probably yeah. wouldn't enjoy it like you enjoy this so much because you're like yes I'm back with the farewell players what the hell are they getting up to now these these guys you know, yeah, it and it's, it's under two hundred pages
0: as well, so it's not like it's 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 a book to give fans of the appeal 100%. a little bit more, rather yeah. than here's this
1: amazing new plot that she's come up with. Yeah, it's such a perfect stocking filler. If you yeah. know someone that's read the appeal and loved it, like get this for them immediately, yeah.
0: or get them both. True, but <laughs> they would like this genre, and um, because also as Jess said, it's not a book to get you in the Christmas spirit or festive spirit. Um, so it could be read all year round. The only festive part of it really is that they're doing a panto.
1: And there's a Santa.
0: And there's a Santa.
1: Yeah, yeah. But kind of fun to read something different across. it made me think like, oh, do I want to read like Murder at the Chalet or, you know, some of these other like festive crime books. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Am I too late for that now? Maybe not. Maybe I could squeeze one in. But maybe I'll do it next year, and then we can talk about it because the festive episode would have gone away really fucked me off. We really? <laughs> haven't spoken about Always. it. But yeah, maybe that's a path to go down. Christmas yeah. crime. Mm. Oh, and it ring it rolls off the tongue too. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you enjoy it?
0: I did. Yeah, really yes. enjoyed it. Very quick read.
1: Yeah. Did yeah. you? Yeah, super quick. Yeah, I enjoyed it because I love the appeal so much. Yeah. 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 Great book. Lots of fun. Written, it's yeah. a mini hardback, which is always, and then feels like a really special gift.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. cover too, very festive. Mm. Okay. Um. So, Jess, do you
1: want to hit us with your solo festive racco Yes, I really do, because everyone went absolutely nuts <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. What Oh, I was then reading like a book that um started with some trigger warnings, and so I put a picture of that on story saying. Um, just read a book full of festive smut. Now onto this hashtag balance or something like that. And I had an unruly amount of DM saying, what's the festive smut? Like everybody wants festive smut. (laughs) And so this is A Holly Jolly Ever After by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. If you listened to our last Festive Recos episode last year, you'll remember us talking about A Merry Little Meet Cute by the same two authors. And so this is... I guess kind of like The Appeal and it is a stand, I guess we've argued that The Christmas Hill isn't a standalone book. This could be a standalone book, but again, it references characters from the first book. And I think you just generally enjoy it more if you've read the first book. And if you've read the I... first book and loved it, why on earth wouldn't you read this Got one? Um, so I will read you the synopsis. Um, okay. Opposites attract in a spicy holiday rom-com when actress winnie baker agrees to star in a steamier than steaming mug of mulled wine christmas movie she has just one concern how can she be sultry on screen when she's never been sultry in real life callum lieberman is an ex boy band member and now known exclusively for his reputation in the bedroom thanks to a rogue sex tape and he's just got the experience she needs but winnie and callum need to keep this research purely professional they say opposites attract and that and that makes this co-stars with benefits setup extremely dangerous, indeed. So we all know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so in the first book, um, it's uh, just as a quick reminder. It's it's set in the same place. So it's this like very Christmassy town which is like a movie set basically It's where everything is filmed it'll be like the equivalent of the princess switch and the christmas prince or whatever that you see on netflix like they're basically saying like this is like a hallmark movie um and in that one there's a like an only fans type star and an ex and it's the other ex-boy band member so they're both from the same boy band which is why i think it helps to have read it and just like the first book it's really inclusive all the characters are really nice. It's just really nice to be in a Christmassy place where everyone is nice and accepts each other for who they are. Yeah. What well, more festivities could one... you need?
0: Questions. How smarty was it compared to the
1: first one? Um, so the first sex scene in this in involves the man using a candy cane dildo on the woman. <laughs> Best of smart but the reason I enjoy these isn't for those scenes it's for the other bit so this one the character's gone quite a journey like you hear about both of their backstories like you hear a lot about Winnie's upbringing and like she left a marriage where um like it was just a hor- like a horrible marriage really and like as a result she's never had an orgasm she was just like thrown into the marriage really young she's like made to look really pure and she's like now I'm this old and and now I'm single and she's been painted to be so like I enjoyed hearing about her backstory and then even after they finished shooting there's still quite a lot of book left because I was like oh I feel like there must be like another 100 pages coming but like we finished filming what is what's about to happen here so um I won't spoil it but okay yeah I enjoyed it for all of those. and I guess actually like it is Christmassy because they're filming a Christmas movie yeah but it's not really festive because they like they film it in the summer like like all christmas movies. fine okay
0: and um are the i can't remember the names of the characters in the first book b and nolan okay do they make an appearance in this book
1: oh yeah and are they still together still together mm. spoiler for the first book but i think it's obvious they're going to get together um they feature quite a lot actually okay yeah and like the makeup artist on the wardrobe people and like the producer teddy is in it and i think the third book is going to be about teddy oh however it could also be the be about the third boy band member who turns up at like throughout hey, the plot so i'm like maybe it's both but actually if they were being smart they would split them out so there's four books uh-huh. not three. so i'm ready for next year i'm excited to see if it's teddy or can't remember the other boy band's member's name mm-hmm. um what i really want to know about maybe we should invite them on the pod is how julie and sierra write it write a smarty book together like how yeah. does that go is that just like so fun and wild and they get really drunk and they think about <laughs> and do dildos like i want to be well, in those it's like
0: one of them in charge of the smart, or do they like both
1: write a chapter each and compare yeah, yeah. well because it's a dual narrative so maybe one of them is um Callum and one is Winnie yeah do Love they that. switch male and female in each book they do I just we, we should really questions. get in touch questions yeah just
0: into their dms and find
1: out like I've got a lot of questions for you about Smut. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the book it's very enjoyable and it's got a super cute festive cover, but please read the first one first that we've potentially spoiled for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but as we've already discussed, you you know what's coming. Yeah. From-
1: Just by reading the but- book. Yeah. Okay. So then the next book is a buddy read again. How fun. Solo buddy, solo buddy. Lauren, you want to drop I- the synop for yeah. Eight Bright Lights by Sarah Gibbs? I will. Okay. Heading Eight Days
0: Before the Wedding. Hannah is stuck in South Devon and her dead end job, but when her estranged father dies, she suddenly finds herself in Tel Aviv with her only insufferable yet irritatingly sexy host for company. Can she pick up the pieces of her father's life and make it home in time for her cousin's wedding? New heading. Four days before the wedding. More preoccupied with securing her dream job, writing for an iconic fashion magazine, Rachel is already a distracted bride. But when an article unlocks a long-held family secret, will her simple Christmas wedding become much more complicated? Final heading. The night before the wedding spontaneously quitting her job was not wedding planner ella's idea neither was burning bridges with her terrifying boss left with only one qu- client and no money how will she pull this wedding together when everything else is falling apart
1: i absolutely fucking love this book loved it really so, so good i love books that follow like three different women and how their stories like overlap mm-hmm. it's very dawn Porter, but less rude
0: yeah uh, yeah you're right actually um, and I found myself at points forgetting what character was what at the start of each chapter. So this is one of the books where I did actually keep an eye on the blurb because oh, the blurb okay. is like into three, each one about different characters. So I was like, Hannah, who, which one's that? Oh, yeah. Dad died.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so should we um, talk about each character? Yeah. Yeah. OK, so Hannah. Yeah, she's kind of annoying at the beginning of the book.
0: Yeah, she was the most like confusing character for me mm. because there was like her drinking, yeah, and then her mum, who's poor, well, not poor, but like they own a pub and she's they're struggling to make it, you know, last. But then she talks about stealing her mum's Celine sunglasses when she's in Tel Aviv and her expensive makeup and clothes. I'm like, this this doesn't make sense. Mm. There's a there's a hole in this character's plot. Good catch. Um and like her father dies her and lives in Tel Aviv and he's a famous photographer and she's you know got some issues with having an estranged father and she he, she was the one character
1: that I found it quite yeah tricky to believe she was my least well in the beginning she was my least favorite to read but I did then really enjoy her journey yeah um, good where job. It goes I think she also like all of these books are about cozy escapism and getting away from the real world. But obviously with the character that flies into Israel, you can't really avoid the real world. And it's pretty, I mean, obviously the situation has been going on for a very long time, but this was obviously written a year ago, two years ago in the summer. I don't know. But like, so then to try and escape what's going on in Gaza and what's so devastating to then open a book and be like, Oh my God, we're talking about it. jarring but not like well done and also like really nice to escape to Israel and like hear about his lovely family in the north and that bit was just so so lovely um and I really want to go there for dinner and have a big family dinner (laughs) like you know when I'm like I want to be a nonna (laughs) like (laughs) it gave me those vibes um so yeah really enjoyed that character's journey but obviously won't spoil it yeah. Um, what's the next character? Rachel the bride. Yeah. Well so Rachel is oh God, I felt so angry in the like Friday night dinner scene with the family. So okay. she is plus size. Actually, no, she talks about it in the book. She's like, no, I'm fat. Like, just use the word fat. Um, and the family is just so fucking rude to her, but she's got a really lovely husband and it's so she tries to keep her husband or oh, husband to be, sorry, away from the family because he would just get so annoyed hearing how rude they are to her and I just thought oh this must be so horrible to have to deal with on a weekly basis yeah Uncle
0: Solly is it mm, yeah like just makes fat jokes at her all the time and I, I really liked um how inclusive all of the characters were yeah none of them felt it, actually now I think about it you have um Hannah who's Well, actually, maybe not. But like, each character has a very inclusive element to their personality, yeah. or identity. But at no point did it feel like it was tick box. Like, we're gonna yeah. have a gay character. We're gonna have a fat character. We're gonna have, you know, whatever. Yeah, an autistic character. Um, it. But it all felt like just
1: really natural. Yeah, because it is natural. Yeah. Um, and so Rachel is. Hannah's cousin and so they both have this gorgeous grandma and I love Rose and we hear That's a lot a about her Lauren. <laughs> true um but yeah there. Ha- Rachel's story is about her the relationship with the grandma which then obviously like we then hear about in Hannah's story because it's the same grandma and and it all kind of ties up and obviously they're all going to be at the wedding at the end of it um but I thought Rachel was Fab, and I was really rooting for her in her job interviews, and
0: yeah, me too. Yeah, but also, I was a bit like, you need to like take your eyes off this, like you're getting married. I know she was like very relaxed about her wedding. She's Jewish; um, they all are, yeah. But she's marrying someone who is not Jew, um, and so they're getting married on Christmas Day, um, and she, I guess for her, the wedding is more of a formality than something that she really you know, like a dream day. Yeah, she just wants to marry him. Yeah, but because of that, she allows herself to get very distracted by this article that she wants to write and get published in a magazine that's not Vogue, but is basically Vogue. Yeah. Um, And she allows that to become her, like, priority.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, Ella (laughs) is making the wedding happen. Ella was my favourite by far. Me yours? too. I really liked yeah. her. Um so Ella was an assistant for a Jewish wedding planner who wasn't even Jewish herself, but like basically has this like slick client list. Everybody wants to be on the list. They're all too scared to be taken off the list because she basically does like all the events in North London. And she's being grossly underpaid and undervalued and she basically does all the work whilst this woman that owns the business does absolutely nothing. And so she just loses it one day and is like, fuck it, I'm going off on my own. And it's just like she's put out one fire after another because this business owner is trying to ruin her going off on her own. And mm-hmm. I just really love that because Ella was such a nice person, good things happened to her. And I was like, yeah.
0: oh this makes me so happy. <laughs> um, but like so Ella's girlfriend Georgie think Mm -hmm. it's her name um is like always saying to ella like you just put everyone ahead of yourself and you're like you you need to stop doing that because essentially you're the reason you're like not advancing because Mm -hmm. you're prioritizing other people and you sort of see that in the book but uh, to your point it is the moments where she does put like helping a stranger ahead of her own things that end up making her like you know a kismic connection or somebody you know willing to help her back and I think the reason we probably liked her the most is I know Sarah Gibbs is also autistic and um had a very late autistic diagnosis and I actually really want to read her book it's called Drama Queen um one autistic woman and a life of, of unhelpful labels um and I think it's essentially Ella's story is her own story. Like mm. she would like often be called a crybaby or um, a show off, or you know, just all of these names, which were actually just m- moments where her autism was coming through, but she didn't have the the
1: label to help her understand her emotions. Yeah. And I think, because a lot of people assume that autism is this one thing, and it has to mean that you're like this one way. That like, yeah. even uh, now people like don't are like, oh, are you really autistic? And she's yeah. like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a different thing for everyone. It's a big spectrum.
0: Yeah, I actually really liked the point in the book where she meets oh the florist can't remember her name Sat Satya, um, and tells her that she's got autism, mm-hmm. and her response was just really affirming. And what Ella said is you, she'd, she'd gotten so used to people saying, oh, but you must be very mild or, oh, mm. but my cousin has autism and he X, Y, Z. And and it's like people trying to give their own diagnosis on her autism or trying to, you know, disregard it or whatever, where it, instead of actually
1: just accepting it as a part of her. Yeah yeah she was she was great I just looked at my book and saw that I'd folded over a page and I was like oh great maybe it's like a nice Ella quote." and actually I folded it over because I agreed with her nasty boss as an event manager I really fucking hate chair covers they're like big condoms that go over chairs and I think they're the most horrendous thing you can do at an event and her boss thinks the same she literally calls them upholstery condoms <laughs> I was like, oh no I'm the evil boss <laughs> so yeah no meaningful quotes underlined in this one right? just that to go in the reading journal there's someone who has validated your your own yeah, brain yeah. Brain. a baddie loves that for me yeah. um but yeah loved this book and it is I, I, it, I even so they're getting married on Christmas day because they're Jewish and they're like we don't celebrate Christmas so for us like doesn't matter but it means it's kind of hard to get wedding supplies or whatever so in a way it's not festive if you were looking at Christmas, but it's all set around Hanukkah and yeah, and it's all wintery and gives you the cozy feels because of the good bits that happen throughout the book.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Really loved it. So actually we've we've
1: given four
0: kind of like Left Field festive recos this year.
1: Left field festivity. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite of them? Of the three
0: festive vibes it was new a new york winter Mm -hmm. um but in terms of like plot yeah i would say um eight bright lights
1: yeah i'm an eight bright lighter yeah loved it would read a sequel nice yeah
0: that's yeah there's there's definitely
1: room there for a sequel sure okay so next week's episode is going to be the last one of the year before the christmas break so exciting. So guess maybe you're going to hear what our top books of the year were, maybe? maybe. A lot of them are the same. And we've already talked about them all throughout the year saying this is going to be in my top books of the year. So uh, <laughs> I imagine there's fun. many surprises.
0: Yeah. Um, so we will see you there. And we're going to go through our
1: reading journal.
0: Mm-hmm. To see how through.
1: we got on with the challenges. I should probably mm. actually fill mine in a bit more. I feel like I've slacked on the alphabet challenge, so I need to like go back and add to it yeah, I've got a few gaps I need to yeah I'm going to do that before next week
0: got some homework mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode like, subscribe leave a rating and a review
1: genuinely means the world to us and don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen as well and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at BookRecos for funnily enough more book recommendations
0: see you next week we'll be here